Welcome to the Personal Finance Made Simple podcast, where we believe everyone can take control of their money, where personal finance should not be complicated, and we believe that no one should live with money stress. I'm your host, Dan Roman, and as always, thank you so much for tuning in. Your time and your attention are super valuable to me, so thank you. My statement to all of you listening is, why are we not taking our personal finances personal? As a reminder, the status of your money is based on the decisions you make with it. Please visit the show notes of this podcast, the details section of this podcast to find social media links, email, website, and how we can connect further. Thank you. I know many of us want to forget 2020. I know many of us want to forget 2020 happened or that COVID was a thing. But the truth is, is that we should have all walked away with some valuable lessons. At some point in time, we should have really reflected on what 2020 meant outside of being away from friends and family and not living what we know as a normal life. For some of us, 2020 really wasn't a change with the exception of not being around people as a precaution. For others, there was job loss, hours being cut, certain sectors of our economy just stopped like a complete halt, no movement. And many of us lost loved ones because of COVID and our lives have changed because of it. Now, this podcast, of course, I'm going to keep it strictly with the financial realm because the personal finance made simple podcast. This is what we do. Now, many of you are familiar with the fact that I lost my mother in December of 2020 due to complications from COVID. My mother and I were very close. I feel like I've managed this better than, excuse me. I feel like I've managed her loss better than I expected, to be honest with you. I think what what has helped is the fact that I have a family of my own to look after. I have this God-given ability of mental toughness, of being able to separate the pain of losing my dear mother to separating that from real life. But I miss her dearly. And the purpose of this podcast is somewhat of a self-reflection, but also I want all of you to self-reflect on what 2020 meant for you as we are in the final four months of 2021. And if nothing has changed for you or you haven't made any changes to your personal finances or to your life, I can't speak on that. But I will speak on the financial end of things and what you should finish 2021 doing, what you should finish 2021 achieving. So I use the loss of my mother as a motivation to educate you on the following, to inform you on the following. So with that in mind, the first thing that I want to discuss about that I learned from 2021 was you got to have a will. My wife and I have had a will years before my mom my mom died but my mom didn't have one and our culture and our hispanic culture like you don't talk about wills wills are not important we don't care about a will 
Many of us don't even have anything to leave behind, so why is it well important to begin with? Get a will. If you're 18 years of age or older, you should get a will. Why? Because you should have a say-so about your car, about the money in your bank account, about the money in your Robinhood account or the money in your 401k account. You should have a will so that the people that you leave behind, your parents, your siblings, your friends, your family, know what it is you want to happen with your stuff. And it's not just about the money end of things. It's, again, if what happens to your car? What if you're 19 or 20 and you have a, a child or two? The will will decide who takes care of your children, not some court. Your will will decide what happens to your kids. If you want them together, if you want them living separate, you don't leave that into the hands of the state you live in. And you definitely don't leave your family to decide or, in the worst case scenario, not knowing what to do because they're grieving your loss. Next, life insurance. Term life insurance, to be exact. My wife and I each have a million dollars on our names in the event something were to happen. And we have a detailed plan in our will of what is to happen with this money if she were to die if I were to die, or if we both die together, who takes custody of our daughter? What happens to our home? What happens to our retirement account? What happens to our other assets? These are things that we have explicitly written in our, in our will. But life insurance is key because when someone dies, that person's income is no longer in the picture. And that's what life insurance is for, is to replace the lost income of the person who died. Now, I recommend a term life insurance policy, not whole life, because term life is much cheaper for the same amount of benefit that you get with a whole life insurance policy. And I also recommend that you get about 10 times your annual income in coverage, which means if you make $50,000 a year, your policy should be worth at minimum 500000 now, as it relates to my mom, she left a very small amount of life insurance, or she had a very small amount in life insurance coverage provided by her employer. I'll be honest, things would have been a little easier if she had more, but she did what she felt was the right move for her. I've said this before in other podcasts, but life insurance is not an investment. An investment is investment, and investments make us money. Insurance is to protect our investments. Insurance is to protect our money. Insurance is insurance. Investments are investments. And remember, the purpose of life insurance is to replace the lost income that the person died was bringing in. So if I die, my wife gets a check for a million dollars. Now, granted, I don't make a million dollars a year, but the point here is that she won't have to struggle financially while having to grieve the loss of me and vice versa. <clears throat> now, term life insurance is important because we're trying to build wealth here. We're trying to create assets that continue to create income for us. So whole life is insignificant. Term life is for a specific amount of time because we want to become self-insured, meaning we have enough cash and enough active assets and investments 
where we don't need insurance anymore. That's what's called self-insured, and that's ultimately the goal for all of us and should be the goal for all of us. Another thing I learned about a pandemic year was not to have any fear. And to put it plainly, we stopped watching the news because all they did was strike more concern in our minds and create just creating anxiety. Stop watching the news. Stop reading the tabloids. Stop following these people on social media who think they know what's going on. If you really want to know what's going on, do accurate research from credible sources. Compare this research with other news platforms. But the, the, the point is, live your life, nobody else's. Which leads me to the next bullet point. Ignore Washington. Our government gener- generally does not care about us. They're not coming to save us. And they think a stimulus check or two or three did it. Which wasn't even enough for some people to even survive on. Both sides did a terrible job managing this mess. Both sides did a terrible job because they acted like children throughout this whole situation. And quite frankly, the government should never be the solution to any of your problems. And so if you thought that they were, think again. Next, have a budget. If you were budgeting before COVID, you were better off than those who did not. Just to put it simply and plainly. The thing with the budget is that it's a plan for your money. So if you're budgeting when things are really good, when the economy is strong, when when employment is up, when everything is just a walk in the park, if you're budgeting then, and then you also budget when things are really bad, like COVID, you'll be fine because you've been planning all along. You have a plan month in, month out. You know how to spend your money. And if you have not budgeted, what are you waiting for? Next, have an emergency fund. An emergency fund should cover three to six months of your expenses. Earlier, I mentioned that people were losing their jobs, their hours were being cut. Now, if any of you, well, if any of those families that lost their jobs, imagine if they had an emergency fund that lasted them six months. Imagine how much peace that brings. All the chaos going on in the world, imagine how they would feel. Now, by expenses... I mean, you cover what's called the four walls, keep it simple, keep it basic, food, groceries, not dining out, utilities like water, heat, Wi-Fi, your cell phone, your electricity, transportation, being your your gas in the car, your insurance, your maintenance, your upkeep, and your car payment if you can afford it, and your housing, your rent, or your mortgage. Those four things, food, utilities, transportation, housing, those are the only things you should be focusing on during a pandemic year or during a recession or where things are really ugly because that's all it's all about survival, getting from September to October, from October to November, from this month to next month. Because when an emergency hits, you have the emergency fund that you work to save. And remember, keep the four walls up. For all my investors out there, for all my people who have money in the stock market, ride the market. The only people who get hurt on a roller coaster are the ones that jump off. Dave Ramsey says this all the time. People panic when the stock market starts to crash. And the truth is, is you don't lose money until you sell or lock in the loss. If you don't do any of that and you just simply wait, the market will come back up. It always does historically. Do your research. 
the market backed up in just a few months after COVID. And today, investments are sitting much, much better than they were this time next year. This time last year, I'm sorry. So ride the market. Don't don't panic because there's a recession. Don't panic because the economies are being closed down or COVID is doing this. Ride the wave. Ride the market. You only get hurt if you jump off. You only lose money if you sell. For those of you who didn't, you made that money back and then some. One thing I noticed is um, how you spend your money really reflects what you value. So remember how nice it was to just pull up to any restaurant, walk in, not have to wear a mask or make an appointment or a, a reservation, eat your dinner and go home and really enjoy that process. And you would do that multiple times a month. Now, remember what happened when COVID forced the restaurants to close down for a while? Our lives were okay, right? Yes, we were missing that element in our life, but we were fine. And I say that to say, many of us got a wake-up call when COVID hit, simply because we realized we used to spend money on things that we are no longer spending money on, and life really isn't all that different. So what you do with your choice, it's your choice. You get to decide. But just keep in mind, how you spend your money really reflects what you value. Be flexible. Most of us don't like change and get challenged to deal with it, but the pandemic really taught us how to be resilient, how resilient, how resilient we actually were. And honestly, the importance of being, being flexible. Kids are you know, e-learning from home. Parents are working from home. Some people were forced to stay home because their jobs just shut down or the economy shut down. But what really helped was being flexible. Our plans hardly work to perfection every single time. So knowing that will increase your chance of survival, will increase your chances of creativity so that you can make it from this month to next month. At all times, keeping things simple is my best mythology. It's how I operate. With all the craziness craziness going out going on outside in the world, keeping it simple can really bring great peace to you your family, a sense of control, a sense that despite all the chaos that you see and hear out there, by keeping it simple, you feel safe. And when it comes to your money, when you focus on the basics, food, utilities, transportation, and housing, you feel safe. You feel like you're in control. So how does that relate to a post-pandemic year? Continue to keep things simple. Next, you're not the exception. If you're listening and and, and you're that person that didn't have an emergency fund, never budgeted a day in your life, and you thought nothing nothing can go wrong, did COVID show you you're not the exception? COVID showed a lot of people that they were not the exception, meaning that COVID affected everybody in some way, shape, or form. The best thing you can do for you and your family if you have one is to have have and create an effective money plan so stress does not creep in, so that you are in control of your money at all times. And remember, you're not the exception. Last two coming up. The importance of not having any debt. So imagine during the pandemic, you're just struggling to buy groceries and keep the lights on. And then you have all these debt payments on top of that. Imagine a scenario for a minute. Some of you listening 
might have actually lived this. So you feel this. You feel the goosebumps all over your body right now. If you had debt going into COVID, there's nothing standing in the way right now for you to get rid of debt. Unless, of course, you don't have a job or you're underemployed or you're just not making enough money yet, then I completely understand. Imagine, imagine, imagine living through COVID without any debt. Less stress. Easier to manage your finances. You can buy more groceries. You can keep your family or yourself maintained a little better and for longer. There is no such thing as good debt. Debt is a thief. Debt steals money from you. And I spoke with and worked with so many people last year, 2020, when COVID was at its max. While they should have been worrying about survival, they were worried about their debt payments. Last one, cash. Cash rules everything around me. Imagine for those of you that struggled last year because of COVID, what a pile of cash would have done for you and your family. I don't mean like a million dollars in cash. No, I mean like a few months of cash so that you can maintain yourself and your family during this mess, right? Just like the emergency fund. But imagine you just had cash and you had no, no worry in the world because cash just make things easier. Cash does not make everything better. Money does not make everything better. Money does not provide things for us that we think they provide. But money is a tool. Money is a resource. And imagine if you, were, if you had a pile of cash in your home. The peace of mind you would have through COVID, through the loss of, the, of a loved one, through losing your job through your loved ones getting sick and you having to take care of them. That's the importance of cash. I'm starting something new today where I'm compiling all the questions that I've received over the past year. And at the end, towards the end of each podcast episode, I'm just going to read out one of these questions and answer it to the best of my ability. So today's question comes from Derek M., as in Mary, All I have is the last name, initial, Derek M. And Derek asks, I'm 21, I make decent money, and I still live with my parents. I'm a full-time college kid, and I'm working about 30 to 40 hours per week. Do I need life insurance, and do I need a will? Thanks so much, Derek M. So... Derek, earlier in this podcast, I mentioned the importance of having a will and term life insurance, but I want to directly more direct it direct more towards you. So the benefit of getting life insurance at 21 is you're young, hopefully healthy, and you can get a stupidly cheap rate. Most financial experts would say there's no need for you to get life insurance because no one is depending on your income, right? Remember, life insurance is to replace the income that's lost by your death. However, something tells me at some point in time, 
If you're not in a relationship now, you are going to be in a relationship with someone. You may marry this person and create and have a family with this person. So as a risk mitigation factor against rates going up on you or you potentially getting some sort of an illness later in life that may make you uninsured at 21 years old, I would definitely buy yourself your first term life insurance policy. I'd get a 30-year policy. That means it expires when you're 51 and you have until now, up until 51 years of age, to graduate, establish yourself in a, in a career field that pays you well, invest 15% of your income in retirement, build wealth so that by 51 you become self-insured, meaning you no longer need life insurance. For life insurance, Derek I recommend you get 10 times of your annual income. And for right now, make your parents the beneficiary. When you become married, be sure that the, the very same day you sign those papers that you're legally married, that you change your beneficiary to your wife or husband, I can't assume, to your partner, because now you're sharing life with this person. Now, for the will, anyone over the age of 18 years of age should have a will. So at minimum, the family of the deceased, the person that has died away, knows what to do with their personal belongings, their stamp collection, their magazine collection, their coin collection, their clothing, their car, their dog. If What if an 18-year-old has a child or two? You don't want the courts deciding what happens to your children. So a will for anyone over the age of 18... I strongly recommend, and if you visit my website, danromansolutions.com, you'll see the link in the details of this podcast episode, and you go to my resources tab, you'll find the link where you can get a simple will for less than $150, but I definitely recommend that you get a will, so Derek, I hope that answers your question. And don't don't forget, just like you're going to update your beneficiaries on your life insurance and your retirement accounts when you get married, you should also update your will when major life things change. Like you get married, you have children, you buy a house, you move to a different state, things of that nature. I hope that answers your question and thank you so much for asking. Okay episode is over please leave a review anywhere you listen to podcasts the more you rate the more you review it's going to allow other people to see what we have going on the community we're building and the difference we're trying to make in personal finance as a reminder this podcast is no way a distribution of tax legal or investment advice the personal finance made simple podcast is for general education purposes only any and all information i provide is strictly for that reason i have I have and will continue to provide an educated opinion. Lastly, I have not evaluated your financial snapshot, portfolio, or risk assessment. As a reminder, the status of your money is based on the decisions you make with it. So, why are you not taking your personal finances personal?